I think we're live. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Mogfarts, the podcast, episode five. Please, please tone it down. Much better. Much better. Woo. How y'all doing out there on the interwebs? Hope you're doing well. Crazy clown world. Today we're doing a show more like the old school format. If you're watching, you can see I got about 25 news links loaded up there. But first, we're going to talk about kings and queens of Corbett's going on up there at Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. I'm thinking we might call the show kings and queens of Horbets today. No disrespect to the athletes. I got so much love. I got friends in the contest today. And I'm legitimately concerned about your safety. Okay. I think this contest being held in such horrible conditions, in such a dangerous location, you know, Corbett's Kular, arguably the most intense ski run in bounds. Well, SNS right next door, a little bit gnarlier than Corbett's. But the point is, it's a big, dangerous, cliffy Kular at high elevation. And the snow is horrible in there right now. I think this is the fifth year in a row that they're doing the contest and by far the worst snow. We had a similar situation recently with the natural selection. Again, no disrespect to Mr. Travis Rice or any of the phenomenally talented and brave and gifted and courageous and stylish and indeed steezy goaded with the sauce snowboarders who took part in that event. But it shows, you know, having um, taken all these young, talented, uh, you know, gifted, brave humans and making them huck their meat in the midst of such horrific conditions in dangerous locations is kind of a metaphor for how America eats its young and how the interests of corporations supersede common sense kings and queens of carpet sponsored by red bull tv nature valley sweet protection yeti gopro gore-tex smart wool and of course jackson hole mountain resort where you can get that 180 dollars lift ticket to ski that dust on crust the the contest as you know as you may know there's corbett's my buddy floyd took this picture about a week ago you can see they build some jumps in uh, that's really low snowpack. There's a lot of exposed rocks in there that wouldn't be exposed in a normal year. And the snow has not improved since then. Okay, what we're looking at in there. I haven't skied right there because it's been closed and I don't go to the resort. But I've been skiing a lot of stuff at a similar elevation. And I would say that the snow in there is a breakable wind crust with some nasty sugar. Well, not nasty sugar. There's probably some decent sugar underneath it, but it's a breakable crust. One of those crusts that'll grab your skis and send you flying. Of course, the competitors are expected to come flying in off the cornice at the top and then fly off some of those jumps before flying off the jumps at the bottom. In the days since this photo was taken, you know, that snow does not look good. Uh, Jackson's reporting two inches of fresh, but I have on good intel, they reported two inches of fresh a couple of days ago, but it was more like a half inch, a dusting. Uh, 
hopefully uh, this is accurate. Hopefully they got more than two inches. Hopefully they got 12 inches, 20 inches, but probably not. This wind direction also not doing the competitors any favors. Typically the wind comes out of the southeast. No, excuse me, the southwest. And it's coming out of the northwest, which means it'll funnel right up into Corbett's there. Here we see the wind graph from the from the last couple of days. And you can see strong winds out of the northwest. Um, at 6 p.m., maximum gust to 37, average of about 25. So there's some snow transport in there. It's going to be, well, I think that left wall is probably going to ski pretty good. Any friends out there, I'd say hug the left wall. Hopefully some snow blew into there. Maybe the right wall. I don't know. Trust your judgment. But, uh, you know, all these brave young athletes, I'm friends with some of these people, and I'm concerned for all of their safety out there today. Um, and, again, it just kind of showcases, you know, having all these young, beautiful, talented people risking life and limb and for what so it can be broadcast live on red bull tv to promote the resort and assorted other corporate sponsors okay y'all don't have to do this it's not a you know it's okay to bow out of that i know we all you know the dream of being a pro skier the dream living that dream but you know what's it all worth if you end up paralyzed or dead or have a season-ending injury um incur a bunch of medical bills you know your corporate sponsors aren't going to be there dropping in with you so trust your judgment there's no shame in dropping out uh forecast looking more at snow conditions new snow and wind will combine to build isolated wind slabs due to the isolated nature of these slabs avalanche change will be low the firm and icy surface beneath the recent snow that's the that's the key thing firm and icy definitely going to be consequential on steep slopes with a hard crust my guess is it's a breakable crust which is even worse than a hard crust Hopefully they're wrong. You know, they got the forecast wrong down here. This is looking at the gray Southwest trails area. They're saying we got two inches. That's funny. Cause I had, I've had like five or six in my driveway in the last couple of days. Um, they always lowball it here. Any of you brave competitors that want to get out, let's keep some tasty protected sugar snow with a foot of pow pow on top. Hit me up. Instead of going out there and risking life and limb, let's just go have a fun day out in the backcountry. That's what I'm going to be doing with my buddies today. And, of course, uh, you know, the reason they're holding the contest at this time when the snow conditions are not suitable for it is because there's so many corporate sponsors and sponsored athletes involved. They get they put a like a like surf contests. They have a weather window like natural selection. They have a window. And uh, if the conditions don't line up with the window, well, they're just going to go for it, which is too bad because if they were able to wait another week or two, it looks like we'd have a lot better conditions. This is looking at right here in Alpine at an elevation of 7,000 feet. We're supposed to get over a foot of snow in the 10 day. So it's just too bad that they can't push it back. They can't push it back. 
I think it points to, uh, well, yeah, America eats its young corporate interests over, over the health and safety of people. You know, we've been told for the last several years how concerned the government and corporations and Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum, Johns Hopkins, Bloomberg School of Public Health, and so many other people were told how concerned they are about public health. Wow. Trillions of dollars have been gifted to the billionaires. <laughs> and uh, people were forced to get experimental injections. Something tells me we can't trust them. Turns out it's a bad idea to trust the world's largest terrorist organization, the United States military, or giant corporations that profit off of sick people. It turns out it's a bad idea to trust them with your health and safety. Instead of dropping into Corbett's Coolar today, why don't you head on over to thecorbettreport.com for some of his excellent coverage. I watched this video on excess mortality yesterday while I was stretching out. Very informative. Uh, there were excess deaths, but most of them were deaths of despair, drug overdose deaths, deaths due to the failures of healthcare to provide safe, affordable, at-home, effective, early treatments for COVID. And they even stopped doing things like uh, prescribing antibiotics. You know, a lot, of, a lot of respiratory infections are bacterial. Turns out in the Spanish flu of uh, 100, 100 and whatever, 140, 105 years ago, most people died from bacterial infections. Well, Western healthcare... According to this video, really reputable guy in the video that James is interviewing, a lot of healthcare providers were assuming everything was COVID. You get a positive COVID test, it's COVID, and they wouldn't prescribe basic antibiotics for bacterial respiratory infections. How many people died with COVID listed as their cause of death, but due to other factors like bacterial lung infections? Uh, CorbettReport.com, can't recommend it enough. Local news, fizz.org, coming out yesterday. Study finds elk are too smart for their own good and the good of Utah. Well, I don't know. It's funny how it's such a uh, such a human-centric headline there. I think it's just fine for the elk's good. These elk are so smart that when it's hunting season, they know on opening day of hunting season, they all move to off of public land into private land. We see that here in Alpine with the deer and elk. They'll come hang out right in the heart of town while the hunters go out there. Um, and that's what uh, this article is about, how the elk, you know, they're, they're studying them. And the elk know when hunting season starts and when it ends. And so they uh, they go hang out where they are safe. See, you can see that elk in the picture. There's a road in the backyard. He looks like some development going on on the side there. He's probably hanging out in a subdivision Oh, and I got to say real quick, big thanks. The t-shirt I'm wearing today, wardrobe and makeup today, provided by my friend Eva Ordo. Eva, thank you so much. Mogfars number one, I offered anybody listening a free copy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s new book, The Real Anthony Fauci. Eva took me up on that offer, and she was kind enough to send me this lovely Reefer Madness t-shirt in uh, return, in addition to some other fine products. Um, check out Eva Ordo. She's out in Pennsylvania, E-V-A-O-R-D-O. -O, and she runs a little head shop there, CBD-focused head shop out there. 
I think she's a seamstress too. But check out this great t-shirt she sent me. Oh, yeah. The classic Reefer Madness movie poster. You can get one of those from Eva Ordo. Um, I will put a link to her store in the show notes since I don't have it on me. I got her business card down below, down in the shop. Got a lot of links from nakedcapitalism.com today. Interestingly, they're putting uh, putting this out. It says, Dear Patient Readers, I contacted some respectable economics about ec- economists, excuse me. I contacted some respectable economists about this tweet. They said they are willing to make a stink with Instagram, but they would like a few more examples. They don't want to saddle up and have Instagram claim it was a one-off algorithmic brain fart. So please provide more examples and comments if you've seen them. And what Instagram is putting a context warning label on memes that connect inflation to corporate greed. Uh, Dan Price, ExxonMobil, highest profit in seven years. Chevron, highest profit in seven years, blah, blah, blah. Gas prices, highest in seven years. Um, not coincidentally, you know, inflation's running rampant. They're saying seven and a half percent, but really it's closer to about 20% with the products people actually use. You can head over to shadowstats.com to prove that for yourself. Inflation caused by all this money printing, all this funny business in the midst of the COVID pandemic. Okay. Another good read. I'm not going to read you this whole one. The people's strategist. John Ford, published on February 11th, The Risk of Long COVID Explained. Okay. Interestingly, Mr. Ford here, this is a very in-depth dive. I'm not going to read it all. But a lot of people, you know, I know I have equated COVID with the flu in the past before I knew it was a, a bioweapon created in China with our own tax dollars. But a lot of people, some friends of mine included, are having these long-term impacts from COVID. You know, we all know about people losing their sense of taste and smell for months at a time. But people reporting fatigue, headache, attention disorders, insomnia, memory loss, anxiety, depression, fever, sleep disorders, sleep apnea, um, nausea, hearing loss, agusia, I think that's loss of taste, but I'm not sure, heart palpitations. All sorts of people that have uh, lingering lingering outcomes associated with COVID 19% joint pain. It's no joke. Um, and, uh, that's, I guess that's what happens when you unleash a bioweapon on humanity. eh? I don't know why Fauci hasn't been strung up yet for his efforts to do so in the interest of his own profit. But, uh, yeah, it's not good. This is a deep dive, donford.substack.com. What can you do? Long COVID, potentially dealing with uh, vaccines as well, although I'm no doctor. This is not medical advice. Uh, um, where? God, look at how long this is. Really fascinating. Oh, let's talk about how he healed his minor case of long COVID, Don Ford. First off, very few things have been proven to help with COVID that are over-the-counter Zinc, vitamin D, specific probiotics, and CBD oil. Get some of that CBD oil from Eva Ordo's shop out there in Pennsylvania. Zinc, vitamin D, common sense stuff. Although we'll see later in the show, uh, the experts are just 
cluing into vitamin D now. Of course, there's ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, vitamin D, vitamin D is a big one. Um, so if you want more intro info, if you're struggling with lingering health issues that could be associated with the vaccinations or the bioweapon itself, head on over to donford.substack.com and read about the risks of long COVID. Another one uh, coming from the National Institutes of Health, cannabis oil inhibits SARS-CoV-2 replication and promotes a host innate immune response. A preprint from BioRxiv. So I'm not going to read you that one either, but you can find that one for yourself. Get some of that reefer madness. Get some of that CBD. It's not a coincidence. Yale School of Medicine telling us that they're going to switch to nasal, nasal COVID vaccinations. Nothing too exciting there. Ah, here we go. Science alert. <laughs> they're talking about the mysterious link. There's a mysterious link between vitamin D and COVID-19 reaffirmed in striking new findings published on the 7th. Israeli scientists said they found striking differences in the chances of getting seriously ill from COVID-19 when they compared patients who had sufficient vitamin D levels prior to contracting the disease with those who didn't. A study published Thursday in the research journal PLOS One found that about half of people who were vitamin D deficient before getting COVID-19 developed severe illness compared to less than 10% of people who had sufficient levels of the vitamin in their blood. We all know vitamin D is vital for bone health, but its role in protecting against severe COVID-19 is less well established. Um, no, it's not. We've all known that vitamin D is crucial to immune health, and it has been throughout all of human history. So get that vitamin D up in you, my friends. Vitamin D. And while you're at it, don't drop into Corbett's Coolar today for the sake of somebody else's profits. Don't risk your life. Head on down to Alpine. Come scan with me. Of course, the trucker protest, the freedom convoy movement spreading around the world makes me happy, happy, happy boy to see that. On the 15th, CNN reported Canadian government invokes the Emergencies Act due to blockades and protests over COVID-19 measures. Trudeau, the apparent son of uh, Fidel Castro, his mom was quite friendly with Castro. And he sure looks, Trudeau himself, sure looks like a carbon copy of Mr. Castro. He certainly, certainly looks nothing like his claimed father. But Trudeau showing his true colors. This guy is a, a fascist, techno-fascist, bioterrorist, trying to force the people of Canada to acquiesce to these experimental injections. And now he's invoking the Emergencies Act up there, which is basically wartime powers. He's declaring a state of war, a state of emergency against the Canadian people because they're standing up for freedom. It's absurd. Interestingly, you know, like we saw at Occupy, like we saw at Standing Rock, like we've seen with so many protest movements, strikes, and so forth, occupations, the people's occupations throughout human history, 
the government's going to pull all sorts of shady shit to try to demonize the protesters, try to shut it down. And on the 13th, the Toronto Star reported a truck loaded with firearms stolen. Um, early morning theft of a truckload of firearms. More than 2,000 firearms with clips were reported to be in the truck. Now, why somebody would put 2,000 guns in a truck, I don't know. But uh, this this kind of stinks. This kind of stinks. So just a heads up there. Keep your head on a swivel, Canada. Everybody else taking part in these freedom protests. Um, because the government is going to continue pulling. They've already been pulling shady shit. And the media has already been pulling shady shit. Trying to equate the freedom convoy with white supremacy. Trying to say that people that are concerned about bodily autonomy and basic human rights and freedoms are domestic terrorists. It's utterly absurd. If anybody, anybody who can't see through the spin yet, I pity you. Uh, good news. Crypto enthusiasts keep funding the convoy protests as traditional banks take action against it, right? The government, the big media, big banks, big finance, they're all in on it together. People, they're shutting down people's, uh, well, I can't, I could read that earlier, but they won't let me see it. But it's just an example. You know, we saw the GoFundMe bullshit. Now big banks shutting people down. We know the, founder of my pillow the guy who devoted his fortune to getting to the bottom of election fraud election fraud happens all the time i've known about election fraud since 2000 bush v gore when jeb bush stole florida for his brother georgie and led us down the path of the global war of terror after the false flag staged inside job attacks on American citizens by corrupt factions of our own government on 9-11-2001, New York City. Rest in peace to everybody who lost their lives on that day and everybody who lost their lives in the subsequent war of terror. Now we got a guac war. According to uh, the Daily Mail reporting yesterday, the Mexican pre president weighs into U.S. avocado blockade and says the real reason for suspending imports is because they taste better than the American equivalent and not because U.S. food inspector was threatened by cartel. Okay. Interestingly, avocado prices have hit 26, 23, double what the fruit was worth in 2021 and the most expensive it's been in two decades. We all know avocados great source of healthy fat wonderful fruit amazing fruit but uh the u.s is blockading avocados it's funny how president biden can uh keep avocados out of the united states but he can't seem to secure the southern border letting hordes of illegal immigrants flood over it and uh you know destabilize our economy drive wages down, real wages for American workers. Because, you know, no disrespect, nothing but love for folks trying to find a better life for themselves and their families. But we all know that uh, if you're an illegal immigrant, you're probably willing to work for substantially less than somebody who's got actual rights. Head on and heading on over to bbc.com. Okay, there's all this news about climate change. They're telling us, you know, Hard tax cause climate change. They're telling us 
uh, we got to get to carbon zero as soon as possible to avoid a climate catastrophe. The big banks closing down truckers' accounts, closing down funding for the Freedom Convoy movement. But at the same time, BBC is telling us the big banks are funding new oil and gas despite net zero pledges. The hypocrisy is on display. Now, I'm not exceptionally concerned about CO2. There are a lot of other environmental issues, environmental catastrophes. Far worse, pollutants, toxic carcinogenic pollutants being spewed by human civilizations. CO2, a.k.a. plant food, literally one of the least of our concerns. But big banks pretend to be very concerned about that. Yet simultaneously, they're pumping billions of dollars into new oil and gas production despite net zero pledges. Um, HSBC put an estimated $8.7 billion into new oil and gas in 2021, and Barclays put in $4.5 billion. Deutsche Bank loaned $5.7 billion. And on and on. It's less than less than historically, but it just goes to show they like us. They like us being on fossil fuels. They like us having to uh, spend a bunch of money for transportation, for heating, and so forth. They couldn't possibly unleash suppressed energy technologies like Tesla tech, Bedini tech, geomagnetic energy, ionospheric energy. Of course, geothermal energy right up there in Yellowstone. The world's largest and most accessible geothermal resource was put on hold in 1872 by the U.S. government, right? You could be powering the entire American West <laughs> safely, sustainably, and reliably with geothermal power from the Yellowstone caldera, but they never talk about that. Instead, they're letting us know the future of the world's most exclusive horse race is on thin ice due to global heating. The white turf race at St. Moritz at risk because water in the frozen lake is melting. Wow. See, when it affects the rich, they get a little concerned. They can't have their horse race out there on a frozen lake in, I think it's in Switzerland. St. Moritz in Switzerland? I'm not sure. I believe so. But heaven forbid they can't have their horse race on the lake because the lake might not be frozen. Joe Rogan in the news lately. This was a good podcast, the Stephen E. Coonan podcast. Stephen E. Coonan, uh, episode 1776. You know, I was hoping Joe would have something real revolutionary, somebody real revolutionary on episode 1776. But Stephen E. Coonan revolutionizing the debate on climate science. Uh, he's a theoretical theorist, professor, former chief scientist for the BP Petroleum Company, and former undersecretary for science at the U.S. Department of Energy under Obama. He's also the author of Unsettled, What Climate Science Tells Us, What It Doesn't, and Why It Matters. Fascinating listen there. You know, Stephen E. Coonan basically saying, to summarize extremely briefly, saying that everything, it's all way overhyped, all the concern about Carbon emissions and human impacts on the climate are way overhyped. And they're used to drive this fear and anxiety and self-loathing and guilt, which is used to control people. Um, so episode 1776 of the GRE, check that out. 
it's kind of cool. Joe had a, you know, a more indoctrinated climate scientist from the University of Texas A&M on episode 1777, staying true to his pledge to uh, get people from, you know, if he's going to have somebody controversial on, he's going to have somebody who toes the line with the official narratives completely. Of course, we can't truly have a scientific discussion on how humans are influencing the climate without addressing the fascinating and disturbing history of weather modification. Humans have been intentionally, humans have wanted to manipulate the weather for throughout human history, right? The Aztecs sacrificing people on their pyramids to make it rain. Native Americans doing rain dances. People attempting technological fixes to the, well, technological interventions in the weather and thus the climate because climate is merely weather averages over time. For over 100 years and now humans are clearly modifying the weather on a massive scale. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Head on over to weathermodificationhistory.com, run by my friends Jim Lee and Dominique Marama, both of whom I've interviewed on uh, the old Wake Up Wyoming live streams at Wake Up News on Facebook. But uh, head on over to weathermodificationhistory.com, get schooled up. You know, people have been messing with the weather for a long time, and it's happening on an unprecedented scale. Even CNN reports reported recently how China was doing weather modification over an area larger than India. Okay. Huge countries do weather modification. Canada, Argentina, uh, France, Germany, China, Australia. So many countries. The United States denies that it does so, but I would beg to differ. You know, the United States spearheaded the development a lot of a lot of these weather modification technologies used the weather as a weapon all the way back in the mid-1960s covertly with operation popeye over the vietnam war we can't have a truly scientific discussion about weather and climate without addressing weather modification ongoing attempts to change the weather remember friends the most powerful greenhouse gas by far is actually atmospheric water, accounting for over 70% of the warming impacts of atmospheric greenhouse gases is water, good old-fashioned water. And any human activities that influence water's behavior, water's concentrations, the hydrological cycle, the amount of water and the state of water, the location of water in the atmosphere is going to drastically impact the weather. Even things like irrigation have a drastic impact on weather and climate. Think about it. You think about what, how large of a percentage of Earth's surface is farmland. And most of that farmland is irrigated. What is irrigation? Well, it's where you take water out of rivers or lakes or reservoirs or groundwater. And you pump it out there and you spray it out on the crops. Well, most of that water evaporates into the atmosphere. So you're taking water that was underground or was in lakes or rivers or reservoirs. And you're spreading it out over across 
thousands and thousands and thousands of square miles of farmland, most of that water evaporates. And where does it go? Into the atmosphere. So don't believe the hype on CO2. And remember, I'm not claiming, you know, I'm not claiming, oh, it's irrefutable that weather modification is the primary driver of climate change on planet Earth. No, I'm not claiming that. But what I am saying is that if we want to be truly scientific and have a truly informed discussion on climate, we need to talk about weather modification. Of course, we, we're getting all the, you know, they incessantly give us this climate doom porn. CNN reporting yesterday, wildfires used to ease in intensity at night. A study shows that's not the case anymore. Okay, CNN, whatever you say. And um, Fizz.org giving us a little dose of sanity. February 16th, city, trees, and soil are sucking more carbon out of the atmosphere than previously thought. No shit. Hmm. Turns out that, you know, in the circle of life, humans emit CO2 and trees and other vegetation, algae in the ocean, uh, eats it. They suck it out of the atmosphere and use it to grow. It's carbon-based life forms. It's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, there's all this talk about carbon sequestration and geoengineering and global government and global carbon taxes, when really the solution could just be to pay people to plant trees, greening the planet. Check out that episode, 1776. It's good, uh, it's good, good listen. AP News. You know, there's been incessant news about the Ukraine. Oh, God, what's Putin doing? Are they going to invade? How should NATO respond? The local propaganda rag, Jackson Hole News and Guy, Jackson Hole Daily, pumping out the war propaganda in their opinion section recently where they got, you know, usually when you're doing opinions, you might want to have like one one opinion state and something, one opinion state and something else, but they're just calling for war. It's the same old, same old bullshit or, oh, we must you know, if we let the Ukraine fall to, you know, they call it Ukrainian democracy, even though the rulers of the Ukraine have a lot more in common with the Nazis than a true democracy. But what the hell, we could say the same about the United States and Canada and a lot of other so-called democracies. But they say, oh, you know, we got to we gotta show a strong show of force to, to maintain Peace and democracy on planet Earth is what they're saying. It's such a load of bullshit. It's such a load of bullshit. Um, people keep sending me links to the Ukraine thing. I'm not going to cover it too much. Uh, Washington Post, Biden reiterates U.S. commitment to respond swiftly and decisively to a Russian attack on Ukraine as diplomacy stalls. You can see here, this is a classic. This photo here, if you're watching, classic example of a staged protest okay we got uh six people six people taking part in this protest standing on a bridge with what's clearly a professionally made banner they're holding road flares they're wearing masks some of them wearing masks and they've got an equal number of photographers you, know, you got six protesters and you got at least uh five looks like there's another one in the background there you got as many photographers with big, nice cameras as you have protesters. Okay, it's a made-for-TV, made-for-Western media deception, distraction, 
protest. CommonDreams.org has some good coverage on it. Jessica Corbett, maybe read a little. You know, after you finish watching videos at the Corbett Report, head on over to CommonDreams.org and read a little commentary by Jessica Corbett on the Ukraine distraction, the Ukraine fear porn, the Ukraine, the Ukraine propaganda. Nothing more grotesque than a media pushing for war says Edward Snowden. Exiled American whistleblower Edward Snowden on Friday joined global critics who are decrying news outlets for encouraging war with their coverage of rising tensions between the U.S. and Russia, where he has lived, where Snowden has lived since 2013 over the Ukraine. With talk of war in Ukraine rising to a fever pitch, U.S. media outlets are once again beating the drums. There is nothing more grotesque than a media pushing for war. Snowden tweeted, "Read that whole article. It's a good read. Um, if you, you know, if you want to know, it's a, not a long one, but if you want a little perspective on the situation." Matt Taibbi seven hours ago, another all-time media faceplant on Taibbi.substack.com. After the Biden administration and the press wrongly predicted a Russian invasion of Ukraine on February sixteenth, they kept compounding the error in spectacular fashion apparently i can't like that post uh unless i subscribe <laughs> if cluelessness can be an art says Davey, if cluelessness can be an art american journalists unveiled their sistine chapel this week in a remarkable collection of misreports and hack stenography surrounding a predicted invasion of ukraine okay it's all a bunch of bullshit it's all a distraction even China, even China chiming in there yesterday. China says the U.S. is exaggerating Russian threat to Ukraine, as reported by Reuters yesterday. China accused the U.S. of playing up the threat of warfare and creating tension as U.S. President Joe Biden warned that more than 150,000 Russian troops were still amassed near Ukraine's borders. Okay, it's fear porn. It's a distraction. It's Wag the Dog. Speaking of Wag the Dog, hold on one sec. I'm going to grab something. Hold on. Bear with me. It's long format. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I got a VHS in my hand. Got this at a thrift shop down in Moab. Everything you need to know about the Ukraine situation is well laid out and humorously in the 1997 Hollywood blockbuster film, Wag the Dog. If you've never watched the movie, I strongly recommend it. You know, I don't normally recommend Hollywood shit because Hollywood, you know, a bunch of creepy pedophile types pushing propaganda on the people. But this movie's actually really good. And it's a star-studded cast. Listen to this. Uh, listen to this cast. It's a Barry Levinson film starring Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro. Anne Hesch. I think she's the one that married Ellen. Uh, Dennis Leary. Willie Mother Lovin' Nelson. Kirsten Durst. Um, and you know who's in here? It's funny. He didn't make the list, but uh, what's his name? Hold on, it'll come to me. 
there's another real famous it's funny he must not have been that famous back then because he didn't make the list it's woody woody harrelson woody harrelson's in the film as well and the the premise of wag the dog is leading up to an election cycle just like now with all the COVID restrictions dropping and the call for war to distract people from uh the collapsing economy, the collapse of the COVID pandemic narrative, rampant inflation running at about 15 to 20% in this country, um, the massive wealth growth in the so-called elites, the corruption of our democratic process via severely shady elections. Well, in this movie, bear in mind it was pre-9-11, 1997, so before the United States government overtly attacked its own people and murdered them to implement a global war of terror back when the U.S. was a little more humorous, had a little more sense of humor, a little less of a police state, a little less of a global surveillance, new Nazi type so-called democracy. Leading up to the election, the president got caught diddling a Girl Scout in the Oval Office, sex scandal, underage, pedophile sex scandal. I'm sure we could dig up some of that if we felt like it, and especially surrounding Creepy Joe, Sleepy Joe, Sniffer Joe, and his crazy crackhead son, Hunter. Bunch of pedos. But in the movie, the president gets caught fucking a Girl Scout in the Oval Office. And in order to distract the population from that Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro Robert De Niro is a Hollywood spinmeister and he uh, solicits the services of a Hollywood producer to stage a fake war in uh, Albania okay they they pretend there's a war they pretend that these special forces operatives are on the ground in Albania and uh Hilarity ensues. It's a good flick. And it just goes to show how corrupt, you know, how the news cycle really works as showcased in a Hollywood film, Wag the Dog. Uh, popular Mechanics talking with, to us about China's new robotic yak to support ground troops. Um, there it is. Robotic warfare. I'm sure the U.S. has got some highly advanced uh, robotic warfare solutions, which is just one more reason why they don't need so many of us pesky, free-thinking, useless eaters now, do they? Business Insider reported on the 10th, inflation surged again through January to its fastest rate in 40 years. Of course, the CPI, the Core Consumer Price Index, rose 7.5% in the year through January. But um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they've changed it, but the CPI you know, stopped including things like energy and food prices, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but long story short, the CPI is not an accurate reflection of real inflation right the price of fuel doubles and you spend uh you know 10 20 percent of your income on fuel well that's big inflation that's 100 percent inflation in liquid fuels i don't know why i got this in here no surprise there but it's interesting the ap letting us know the cia has a secret program that collects american data i mean we all we all know that right 
while the U.S. is worried about, um, you know, what's going on in the Ukraine, well, we better we better devote billions, if not trillions, of dollars to the military. Um, there are seventeen thousand five hundred fifty-five bridges in New York State. And only six of those 17,555 bridges don't need repairs. We all see once in a while a horrible story, catastrophic, catastrophic story of bridges failing, people plummeting to their deaths in rivers and ravines, cars piling up when a bridge collapses here in the United States. Our, you know, vital infrastructure in drastic need of repair. And that's exemplified by this story out of New York State by Kathleen Culleton, published on the 11th. 17,555 bridges, and only six of them don't need repairs, according to the American Road and Transportation Builders Association report. Of course, they're probably biased by the fact that they make money off of building and repairing roads just like big pharma is biased by their seek for their search for profits their search to avoid liability we all know johnson and johnson one of the purveyors of the experimental covid jabs well maybe i should stop calling them experimental because they are fda approved right they're fd oh well, i think johnson and johnson's not but the pfizer and the moderna are fda approved of course I don't think they really do or were designed to do what we are told they are doing. As we've seen recently, Johnson & Johnson published a couple days ago, they're defending their talc bankruptcy strategy called Rotten by Cancer Plaintiffs. If you know what Johnson & Johnson did, they uh, created a shell company and put all their liability for the fact that their talcum powders are commonly used by women for feminine hygiene purposes and for, you know, keeping babies' butts nice and dry and healthy. Well, they had asbestos in the talcum powder. They knew about it. People got cancer, and uh, they passed the puck along to a little shell corporation that they created in order to avoid paying out what was owed to the people affected by their dangerous products. Similar situation with the Childhood vaccine injury situation in this country now applied to all vaccine manufacturers. They're exempt from liability. Oh, you get serious side effects. You get a lifelong condition. You die due to heart attacks or whatever caused by their crazy experimental and shisty injections. Well, tough cookies because they're exempt from liability. Another shocking story from Truth Out. This prison in California forced incarcerated people to drink arsenic-laced water for years. This was published on the 13th. Uh, activists and journalists have found cases of extreme neglect of prison water quality across the nation. That's a good read. I'm not going to read it all to you, but in a nutshell, they knew that they had unsafe water at this prison. And they had funds allocated to correct the problem. And they even went so far as to put up signs in the prison warning the prisoners that the water was contaminated with arsenic 
but they didn't fix it for years. They, they forced these prisoners to drink arsenic-laden water for years. And yet, they claim to care about our health. Elon Musk, always in the news, hyped up as being one of the best billionaires, if such a thing exists. Important to note that 15 monkeys have reportedly died while testing Elon Musk's midlife crisis brain chip, coming from thegamer.com, published three days ago. Neuralink, an Elon Musk-owned company that develops brain chip technology, has attracted controversy once more. Animal trials of the brain chips have been linked to the deaths of 15 monkeys used in experimentation, with only seven said to have survived. So they had 22 monkeys involved. No monkey should be caged up, in my opinion. And they certainly shouldn't be used for experimentation. And uh, what, two-thirds of the monkeys in this experiment died? These allegations come from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, which says it has discovered this through over 700 pages of documents acquired through the UC Davis. The apparent death span 2017 to 2020, which, if true, would explain why human experimentation was pushed back two years from its projected date. The allegations come from reports in Business Insider and the New York Post. The sources say that monkeys used in animal trials of the Neuralink tricks, which are apparently threaded into their brains, undergo extreme suffering. Both physical and neurological side effects are reported, ranging from brain hemorrhaging to self-harming behavior. In one instance, a monkey was found to have missing fingers and toes, possibly from self-mutilation or some other unspecified trauma. Others are reported to have died of infection as a result of poor care after the chip was inserted. Okay. So, yeah. I will not be signing up for my brain chip anytime soon. February 16th, published yesterday, families of Sandy Hook victims announce a $73 million settlement with who? With Remington the manufacturer of a weapon allegedly used in the alleged shooting. Of course, you're not allowed to talk about Sandy Hook. But anybody who was paying attention back then, when that went down, knows that there was some shisty shit going on there. But yeah, kind of a strange precedent to set... Uh, holding the manufacturer, the gun manufacturer, liable for the actions of, well, the alleged actions of a alleged murderer in that suspect situation. Over there at my own Substack, I'm pleased to announce that I have three paid subscribers. Thank you so much for subscribing. I am making $260 annually off of that, which is great. If I can get uh, twice that, it will cover the cost of the equipment I bought to be able to put together this podcast. Spent about 500 bucks on my new four-track mixer and mic and these nice headphones and all that. So that'd be cool. You know, I will say I would be a lot more active. I would do a lot more podcasts, do a lot more writing if I could actually uh, make a living off of it. 
And so, we, you know, whether you want to be a paid subscriber or just uh, tune in, please head on over to realmaxmogren.substack.com. You know, I'm going to put out all my content for free. I'm not, I never would want to put anything behind a paywall. But my commitment to you, you know, if, if I get more people supporting my work, like physically supporting it or even sharing it, you know, if you share it, that's huge. But if I can actually, you know, make, you know, a thousand bucks a month, wow, a thousand bucks a month, if I could get up to $12,000 annually for doing this work, I'll do a whole lot more of it. You know, I, I make a living off of building out camper vans right now and it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. Meeting my monthly nut, just staying afloat in the midst of inflation. So anybody wants to support my work, head on over there to realmaxmogren.substack.com. Or you can find me on Patreon too, Patreon Max Mugren. I used to have some subscribers on Patreon. Now I kind of let that one slip when Patreon stopped uh, supporting other content creators with similar perspectives. But uh, you can subscribe over at Patreon too. But I think the Substack is where I'm really focused now. So if I can get more subscribers, thank you so much for my three paid subscribers. That's huge. That gives me, you know, it doesn't only help me, you know, stay fed, keep the lights on, keep a roof over my head and so forth. But it gives me hope. It gives me, uh, it makes me happy. It makes me feel like, wow. Somebody actually thinks what I'm doing is worth investing in. And I think that I just want to say thank you for that. Thanks for everybody tuning into this. Again, back to the beginning of the show. Those of you taking part in Kings and Queens of Corbett's today, you don't have to do that. You don't have to risk life and limb jumping into a breakable wind crust, low snow Kular surrounded by cliffs and rocks to satisfy your sponsors, to satisfy corporate greed, to promote Red Bull, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort, and whatever, whoever's, you know, giving you free gear, maybe some money. I'd be curious to see how much money the average pro skier makes because it's probably not very much aside from the Sean White's of the world, you know, the real big name, mainstream uh, pros in winter extreme sports. I'd imagine a lot of these folks are, you know, I know a lot of pro skiers that work normal jobs because they get free gear. Maybe they get a little money, but it ain't enough. So, yeah. Trust your gut. I'm reading a good book right now. I'll share a couple books with you. You know, I've been reading, man, it is a girthy boy, girthy, girthy book. COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey by Peter R. Bregan and Ginger Ross Bregan. Excellent book. If you're not familiar with the Bregan's work, uh, they're awesome. And after wrapping up that book, I bought a 2014 book written by Peter R. Bregan, MD, a pioneer psychiatrist and this is fascinating it's a book called guilt shame and anxiety understanding and overcoming negative emotions and you know i'm only a couple chapters into that now but he's got a fascinating perspective on human evolution 
and basically how emotions like and you know like the the emotions of guilt shame anxiety fear and such are hardwired into animals including humans I see that uh, my dog, Loki dog, he rarely, he's such a, he's such a lucky boy between his mama and I, uh, he's hardly ever alone. So when he's alone, he gets separation anxiety. He's over there sleeping in the corner right now, looking forward to going skiing today. But you can see this even in animals. You know, they, your dog will, will feel guilty when he, uh, steals the butter dish off of the countertop. Your dog will feel anxiety when he's left alone, right? And these emotions are hardwired into people too. And they serve a purpose. Just like, and you know, love. Love is also, as this book states, that love is also hardwired into people. You know, it's funny when people talk about, well, you know, they got the kings and queens of Corbett's up at Jackson, people risking life and limb for fame and glory, uh, natural selection up there. Well, love, love is baked into Darwin's thoughts on natural selections. People have a, you know, we have a, a, a predisposition, genetically determined predisposition towards love, towards community. And, uh, the emotions like guilt, shame, and anxiety are designed to keep us alive, keep us thriving too. You think about it, and if people never felt those feelings, what would they do? If you never felt guilt, how would you act? If you never felt shame, how would you act? If you never felt fear or anxiety, how would you act? Well, we can see how people would act with how the sociopaths, the psychopaths in this world act. They'll do things that cause untold human suffering with no remorse. They'll hoard billions, if not trillions of dollars of wealth while the rest of humanity just squeaks by and is excited when they can get $260 annually in support for their work. Thanks for that, by the way. Thank you to my three subscribers. So, just important to note, wrapping it up today. You know, we live in a world where we're told that these emotions, you know, oh, just be happy. Just, you know, in the in the world of extreme sports, it's like, oh, just, you know, don't be a pussy. Fucking send it. Just give her. Like, get stoked and, and fucking go for it. But it's important to note that fear and anxiety, things like guilt, shame, love, the desire for connection are part of the human survival strategy. These things have been demonized. Like we've been told, oh, you know, just take a pill for that. You know, you're, you feel anxiety. Oh, we got a pill for that. It'll get you back on, uh, back on the road to success. But the systems that are used, those systems by which people acquire success, the standards of success that we are held to, have been foisted upon our species by legitimate psychopaths who feel no guilt.
no shame. They don't care about the truth. It's all about self-preservation and so forth. So I'm looking forward to finishing this book is all I'm saying there. And letting y'all know that <laughs> it's okay to not be happy all the time. It's okay to feel negative, inhibitory emotions. Take those and learn something from them. Instead of trying to ignore them or mask them with medications or distractions, take a deep dive and figure out what really makes you tick. And I'll keep doing the same. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, mainstream media, just like mainstream pseudoscientific corporate scientism, specifically designed to distract us, to divide us, to de deceive us, to depress the living shit out of us, and to deter us from taking positive actions, acting within our sphere of influence to make a real difference here on planet Earth. Everybody matters. Your voice matters. Your actions matter. Same with me. So let's keep it up. Let's keep speaking up. Let's keep waking them up. Let's keep standing up for what's right. Again, shout out to the freedom convoys encircling the globe. When the supply chain shortages hit, when inflation gets even crazier, the corporate media, the government, they're going to try to blame the freedom convoys for the failures of the system. Just remember, they've been planning this shit out for a long time. COVID, the COVID narrative failed. So the next step is to squeeze people. And uh, on a similar related vein, Rest in peace, Luke Montagnier, discoverer of the HIV virus. Now, you know who's it? Jeff Berwick, dollar vigilante. He's been talking about COVIDs forever. America's frontline doctor is talking about VADs, vaccine-acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Okay? Don't trust your health in the hands of people that lie to you people that oppress you, people whose power and profit depends on their psychopathic business and governmental strategies. We don't need war, and we probably don't need the entire planet to get experimental injections for any purpose, especially when now it's coming out that these Injections are linked to vaccine-acquired immunodeficiency syndromes. Part of the Great Reset, they say, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. But what most people don't realize is they want us to have to subscribe to our own immune systems. They want us so dependent on their expensive bullshit that we can't even stay healthy without them power and profit over people, wealth over health. And we see a little example of that today, wealth over health. When all these brave, talented, courageous, gifted athletes are, are unfortunately going to be hucking their meat into a crusty, 
icy, low snowpack, cliff encircled coolar up there at Jackson Hole Mountain Resort in the hyper commercialized lost paradise of Jackson Hole. Me, I'm going out in the backyard with my buddies and we're going to ski some perfect, completely untracked powder snow. We got about a foot of fresh in the last two days, even though the heavy forecast says otherwise. And it's sitting on top snow that was already really good. So again, my invitation to all of you, especially those of you taking part in the contest, bail, bow out, save yourself. And if you want to, hit me up. Come on down. We'll ski some good shit right here in Alpine. On that note, I'm signing off. Y'all have a great day. Take care of yourselves and the ones you love. And, of course, peace.